Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. For, I have to say, I, I am glad that you, not that I'm glad you hate your job, but I'm glad that you hate your job despite the fact that you only just got back after being off for six months because you broke your foot in June and have been unable to walk. And that is why we never did a Christmas in July episode, so we're doing Christmas in July in December. Yes. So we're yeah. going to talk about the two albums that we were supposed to talk about in July, but you couldn't even make it down the steps to your computer to do the recording and editing, so we didn't. So happy Christmas in July in, in December. December. yes. We're going to talk about two albums we listened to six months ago. You're right. And you know what? You know what? It's it's probably good because um, when I when I was first listening to them, I was feeling a little bit more like a cross between the Krampus and a Grinch. Because I'm not a very big Christmas in July guy, you are a huge you are a huge Christmas in whatever the fuck month it is now. <laughs> Does the month exist? It's worth having Christmas in. Sure. So hey man. So so you're so the holly did... jolly bastard here. So you can yeah. uh, you can get me into the spirit. Okay. So what we did was, or rather, I guess kind of I did. I kind of led this. Um, was I want to do a Christmas in July episode. But like I said, it didn't happen, so we're doing it now. So because obviously no Christmas albums were being released before July during the year, um, I picked two albums from last year. I picked my personal favorite Christmas album from last year, 2019. And then Chris and I also decided on one that kind of seems fitting for the overall theme of this podcast, where we typically talk about a metal album of some sort, and then something else. That was the format at one time. That was the format for a while. We definitely got away from that, which isn't a bad thing. We, you know, we're, we're learning here. We've only been doing this for a year. This is only, like, episode 14 or whatever. We don't really know what's going on. We, we're going back to our roots here. We're going back to our roots of we're going to talk about, like, a pop or a jazz or something album and then a heavy metal album. Yeah. I don't care what order you want to do this in, but that's the general gist of it. Our roots from from almost 12 months ago. From less than a year ago when we started this, because we still have no idea what we're doing. I personally have um, Anna Gasly first. <laughs> it, uh, oh my god! Okay. And then and then, and then um, Roberto Hartford second. Okay, so we're gonna do them in that order. Uh, so first is Anna Gasteyer, who Anna, and she even tells you in the album it's Anna, not Anna. Anna was probably to most people known she was on Saturday Night Live uh, in the 90s through early 2000s, I think. If you know the famous Shweddy Balls skit, she's there. Um, she also has done some Broadway. She played the part of Elphaba in Wicked for... I don't remember when that performance was. I think at the end of 2006 or 7, if I remember correctly. 
Um, she's mostly known for her, her time on SNL, which, listen, not that I'm necessarily judging anyone's self. I'm not judging everyone's sense of humor simultaneously, but, like, I am. SNL isn't funny. It never was consistently funny. If you think it was ever genuinely funny on a regular basis, you are either delusional or you are looking back at, like, the 1970s through rose-colored glasses and only really remembering highlights. I was going to say, if you you think it was consistently funny, you've been watching the best ofs. I'll say, or you're an idiot. It was never consistently funny. Um, And, yes, I am judging your sense of humor. Good. But really, what Anna is best for... I'm going going to say... I'm going to say... I will give credit where, where it's due to writers who are doing a a weekly show on on a year round basis. Uh, you can't always be funny. Um, they're they're doing they're doing their best, and every once in a while you walk away with a gem like the uh, insane clown posse parody, and that's all we need. But that's also why it just shouldn't consistently exist. I agree. Like it, Saturday Night Live should not be every Saturday night. It should be like on events. It should be like uh, here's the holiday special but like it's not all holiday themed stuff it's just a bunch of skits and haha we're funny because we took the best that we wrote over the course of a year. But whatever. That's not the point. The best thing she's ever done was 2019's Christmas album Sugar and Booze uh, which is like a lounge jazz swing album and it's called Sugar and Booze. It's also the name of the title track and I think it's great because and I quote the best part of the holidays is sugar and booze. I like cider, but keep it spiked with rum. What good's a little drummer boy with no pa-rum-pa-pum-pum? Come New Year's Day, we'll all resolve those extra pounds to lose. But now's the time we let it rip away. Sugar and booze. I mean, um... I kicked this off with eggnog, so I'm going to concur. It, it, I kicked it off with hot chocolate, and the hot chocolate I did it was uh, something like two and a half tablespoons of sugar in, like, a single travel mug serving here. I'm not sure how many ounces this is, but, you know, yeah, sugar and booze. Honestly, relevant. you're the sugar, I'm, I'm the booze, and that seems pretty fitting for us. Yeah, that seems that accurate. That seems accurate. That seems very accurate. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, I mean, I'll be real here. It is mostly recordings of classic songs. Mostly, yes. There's, yeah. It, it, I because, even. I mean, what, as I've. And when we get to the when we get to the track list, I actually have them in a few different, uh, a few different sections. So when we get to that, I'll bring. Them okay. Up. I mean, well, I'm just sort of like giving just like a quick, just like a you know, it is mostly classic songs, which I have said multiple times now over the course of these past few like Christmas episodes we're recording here. Um, that's what most Christmas albums are. There's a couple originals here, and there's a couple songs in here that I think are kind of duds. Um, as we both kind of agreed on when we were talking about movies, no one really needs to do a cover of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. It It's not actually a good or fun song. I think, it, it's I think it's totally it's, stupid. It's totally stupid out of the context of a movie. Exactly. I think it's great in the in the short. It's it's good in the movies, but uh, you don't need to record a cover of it. Yeah, it, it it's so scenario specific. I, I don't get it. No amount of goofiness will ever make me accept your mean one, Mr. Grinch, as a decent Christmas song. It's it's fine 
in the movies, but it's a standalone composition. Uh, I, I Hot take incoming, largely. fucking trash. That's a little harsh, um, but like I don't think it's it's great. I think it's a boring song most of the time. Um, so before I before I say in, anything in particular, what uh what do you think of this one? Because I kind of knew I was throwing this one at you, whether you liked it or not. Uh, I mean, you're the swing guy here. And you're the Christmas guy here. This was, aside from the fact that it's made from someone uh, from a show that you detest, Saturday Night Live, this was made for you. Uh, I think she has a great voice. She is the epitome of what I think of when I think of, like, a swing musician. Uh, The arrangements are really good. She has that voice. The arrangements are really good, and she nails that style. Um, Yeah, I, I I really liked her as a performer. Uh... You know, it, the, a lot of songs have like a, a bounce to it that I could do um, the mashed potato or whatever the fuck to. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's You're a couple. There's a couple exceptions that that you know I'm gonna get to, but it, it, I didn't like it as much when I heard it in in July as, as a Christmas album. Really coming around to it. Okay. Good. So what? I mean, because otherwise, I just have a couple songs I want to specifically talk about. So, like, why don't you? What What is something that stood? Give me something that stood out to you about it, good or bad. I don't care. Um. Okay. Or do any songs stick out to you? Well, okay. There's There's one thing that I want to make a very important point about, and that's nothing rhymes with Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> is that that's your thing that rhymes with Christmas is fax piss? Yeah, except instead of saying it, I'm going to play the pronunciation manual saying fax yeah, yeah, piss I... instead of faux pas or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, okay. So there was a YouTube channel, um, the pronunciation book, book. I think. I, yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix up which is which. There's pronunciation manual and pronunciation book. One of them would have a word on screen and have a person reading the word to help you learn to pronounce it properly. Then there was a parody account that looked exactly the same, but they would have, like this example here, the word up on screen was faux pas, but what you heard was the person saying fax piss. Um, Another example is they put up the name Justin Bieber, but the way they pronounced it was Juggy Brodel Team. <laughs> um, I, I love that. I love that account. I love that tale so much. Yeah, I thought that you would appreciate Fax Piss as a rhyme for, Chris, I, for I love, Christmas. I love Fax Piss. Uh, and you're not wrong. And the song even does address that you can kind of rhyme Isthmus with Christmas, like it makes sense. Um, but, I mean, the song is kind of just campy and stupid and silly. That's the point. Yeah. It's it's just a funny song, but uh, I just thought I thought that would be a fun one for you. Um, but my standouts were I think Sugar and Booze was a really good opener. I really liked uh, I really liked Blue Blue Black Friday uh, because it just really broke up all the joy, and um, I yeah. really liked In the Market for a Miracle because we need more Hanukkah songs that aren't by Adam Sandler. Um, I'm gonna agree with you on all three accounts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so other than that, I have split up the categories into um, songs that I think are original because she said she wrote four but I found five that I couldn't really find a prior version of Um, okay one of of them was in the market for a miracle which I guess 
maybe she performed it in a musical, but it seemed like it was like I, I didn't see any major recordings of it, right? Uh, I you know what I actually don't know. Okay. Otherwise, I, I genuinely don't know. The songs I couldn't find a prior version of were Sugar of Booze, uh, Secret Santa featuring Maya Rudolph, which I wasn't as big on that one as the other three that she wrote, which were Sugar and Booze, Nothing Rhymes with Christmas, and Blue Black Friday. Okay. I, have, I can get that. I have a a short list of songs that I think, they're traditional, they're, they're not new, um, but they are also not beaten to death. Which would be The Merriest, yes. The Man with the Bag, He's Stuck in the Chimney Again, I've Got My Love to Keep Me Warm, and Children Go Where I Send Thee. And most of these were fine. Um, the only one that I wasn't really into was Children Go Where I Send Thee, which I kind of hate, yeah. even though I listened to a bunch of different artists performing it trying to get it. So ultimately, I'm going to agree. I think that's, quite frankly, I think it's the weakest track on this album. Okay. Uh, by a long shot. Maybe you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, just because I think the song is, is well, dumb. Well, and that's that's my next category, is Christmas songs that need to fucking die. Um, oh, jeez. Look, and I'm not, like... And, and uh, there are songs on here that I don't hate. It, it consists of Sleigh Ride, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. I'm sorry. For the most part, we have enough recordings of these songs... That unless you're gonna do something really interesting with it, you don't need to record it. All right, yeah, I can, I can, I mean, I can't. I'm not gonna fully disagree with you on that one. There's kind of like 35 songs that everybody picks from it when they record a Christmas album, um, and most recordings of them are are nothing particularly stellar. That's just unfortunately the nature of most Christmas albums. Now, obviously, there are people who record just like one or two Christmas songs and they release like a single or an EP and sometimes those are a lot better choices when, but when you're recording an album when you need you know 8 to 15 songs or whatever um, yeah you're guaranteed basically to get some of these and it's just gonna happen now I mean that being said I think the, the, the song Sugar and Booze I think this album is worth is worth just that like, yeah 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 I, that I would buy this album just for that song if I had to. I think that song is that is a perfect example of like that should become a modern classic. Like I want that song to be covered by other people. Again, hopefully in original fun new ways, but I think that's a song that really should be as well known as a lot of the classics. That song just needs to be everywhere. It has some serious potential. It really does. It's so fun, and it's silly, and it's goofy, and it's kind of making fun of the holidays, which is fine. Who cares? Let it go. Um, I know you said you weren't super into Secret Santa. I think Secret Santa's absolutely hilarious. It's this goofy, frolicking, Latin-influenced, like, lounge song, and the premise of the song is ridiculous. Um, it's... The song is the... The singer... <laughs> has a secret Santa at her work and she she goes to Havana to buy him cigars as a secret Santa gift while she is there she slips on a banana peel uh, and loses consciousness and she wakes up um I don't say I don't want to just like literally quote the song because the chorus of the song basically says the plot and then she wakes up 
Ah, just like kinda hanging out on the beach, having a great time, sipping drinks with a cabana boy bringing her more drinks. Um, it's stupid, it's ridiculous, and what other Christmas song could possibly get away with the line, I don't want his big banana, he's a terrible lay. Like, how how can you not love this? <laughs> it's has a very like cla- it does have like a very like old school vibe to it. Like it's it's a very goofy and like I don't know I don't know if I want to say like an I love Lucy kind of way, but that's like what it kind of makes you, me think of. Do you know the song Rum and Coca Cola? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I mean it it's most famously by the Andrews Sisters, so it's one of those like. I feel like the title, if you didn't recognize the title, um, then you probably don't know it, but you should. And it just reminds me of that. Just, like, this kind of ridiculous, like, it's so, like, 1940s and 50s beachy sounding for no real reason. It's just fun, man. I just love it. Not bad. I just think of her original is probably my least favorite. I, I I can get behind that. That's fine. Um... Now, as far as the classics she covered, uh, they're, they're not, I, like, again, I think this, the album really shines. I mean, quite frankly, again, I would buy it for the title track alone. Right. But of the classics, uh, I love this recording of Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Yeah. It begins, the instrumentation is, like, mimicking the rhythm of the vocals during the first verse, and then she starts her, like, silly scat singing, so, like, which is her mimicking the instrumentation behind her. Like, the the switch off there is just so, so fun. Because she's being kind of over the top and just goofy and having fun with it, and it's not being taken seriously. And it's just, it's just such a, a fun, different arrangement, at least that yeah. I'm familiar with. Despite the fact I kind of put it on the short list of songs that can die, um, it... If I'm going back to me complimenting songs for doing things differently, it definitely does that. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, now mind you, all of it's like in swing style. Mm-hmm. It's like nothing is like, oh my god, I've never heard anything like this before. But it's not the same. You know, like this isn't, as I said um, when we were talking about favorite and least favorite Christmas albums, this doesn't have Michael Buble syndrome where it's literally ripping off previous arrangements. At least they're all new swing arrangements. Yes. So if you're into swing music and if you're into Christmas music, this is just another fun one to add to the books of just like, here's a new way to sing, uh, you know, I've got my love to keep me warm. It's the same song done to swing style, but it's certainly not the Dean Martin recording you know. It's just a new fun way to do it. But, I mean, like I said, this was my favorite Christmas album of last year. Now, not every year has phenomenal Christmas albums. What can you do? Again, most Christmas albums are not particularly crazy or original or exciting. But you know who did something at least moderately original last year? Oh, who would that be? That that would be, what what did you call him? Roberto Hartford? Yeah. Rob Halford, Celestial. Love from on high, down in the 
so Rob Halford, um, most famously as the lead singer and frontman of the heavy metal band oh, Judas Priest, or you know, as many people would just call him like the heavy metal god. I prefer what he called himself, which was, oh shit, like heavy heavy metal's like gay grandfather or something like that. The actual quote is the stately homo of heavy metal. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that is what he is, so it kind of makes sense. He was definitely one of the originators of, of heavy metal, though. You know, he was there when the when the phrase was coined, so to speak. Um, so what's fun is that this is not his first, like, winter Christmas-themed album. This heavy metal god, this is actually his second Christmas-themed album. And... It's actually his third endeavor into Christmas music. In the 90s, when he had originally left Judas Priest... For Fight! ...and was in a band called Fight, he released one song with them called Christmas Ride, which is, like, typical of the era. I think it was, like, 94. It's, like, early 90s... Um, early 90s heavy metal. Back when he still had, like, a lot of his upper range that he was famous for... Like, the really strong high range, not just the power screams that he's able to do in his more advanced age these days. Um, so this is the man's third endeavor into Christmas music, which is really cool for a man who basically targets himself to a crowd that probably doesn't listen to a lot of Christmas music. Um, and just another fun fact about the album Celestial is that it's, it's literally like a family album. His, uh, his brother, Nigel, is the drummer on it, and he brought in his sister to play Jingle Bells, apparently, which just makes me, like, overwhelmingly happy. I think that's the cutest thing in the world. I love how much Rob Halford loves Christmas. It's it's so perfect. Um, but, again, as with all Christmas albums, basically, there are a few originals, but it's mostly classics. The originals, there's... Four, well, there's three. There's four if you include the title track, Celestial, which is just like a minute and a half long instrumental thing at the very beginning. But otherwise, there's a track called Donner and Blitzen, one called Protected by the Light, and a song called Morning Star are all originals. So, Chris, what did you what did you think of Rob Halford's second major endeavor into the world of Christmas songs? You know that I fucking adore Rob Halford and his career. I could, like... Go on. I don't think the guys ever put out anything bad. Like really, not really. Um, even the not like gen- put out, not I think genuinely better than a yeah, lot nothing, of no, stuff. Nothing so like like I'll be very open about that bias. I think Donner and Blitzen is a lot of fun. I think that this has one of like maybe my second favorite version of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Like right after the Dio and Iomi one. I think that he has like some interesting choices of of like the slower songs away in a manger morning star in a little town of Bethlehem. I think this is the most aggressive version of Deck the Halls I've ever heard, and it really makes the fa la 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 sound goofy. <laughs> um. Kid, okay. So, I mean, I, I love the fact that, like, what you're saying is, like, it's mimicking me perfectly. Uh, this, this Deck the Halls is so ridiculous hearing fa-la-la, like, shouted so aggressively it almost sounds like self-parody but yeah. I mean obviously Halford is obviously not a man who takes everything too seriously he's so, having like, a, a good time of, 
a little bit of goofiness and campiness and maybe even some self-parody, like, seems totally in character. He's a fun oh my dude. God. You gotta it's, read his book, dude. He is... He has such a sense of humor. You yeah. gotta read his book. He, he, he absolutely is a man who knows how to have a good time. And the Falalas are are ab. They kill me. They're they're amazing. They're so funny. Um, and I think there's some. I think there's some interesting choices of like like obviously there's like deck the halls and joy to the world and like some of the stuff he just didn't hit the first time. Like Good King Wenceslas, on the other hand, is like a song that I'm aware of. But like, who really does it anymore? You know, it's definitely. Like, it has definitely fallen, not, like, into obscurity, but Good King Wenceslas has definitely fallen into that realm of, like, yeah, most recordings of this song are, like, 60 years old or more. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, did we really need a seven-and-a-half-minute version of Good King Wenceslas? Yeah, we absolutely did. It's incredible. Like, it's so good. Oh, man, I really it's liked your so fake out good. there. It's so good. It's, like, in, and it's so misleading, too. It's, like... This kind of like eerie sounding thing going on for the first almost half of it, and then it just kind of kicks up. Ah, oh, it's such a cool recording of a song that, again, like as you said, really isn't isn't touched. It's not prominent lot. anymore. Really, like, it's it's definitely a song that, like, if you have you know people doing like a Christmas caroling event, like yeah, it's, it's surely there. But the last time I heard anyone actually sing this song that wasn't just a group of non-musicians and somebody maybe playing an acoustic guitar, it's been a long time. It's been years. It's not a song people do, and it was really cool to hear it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really had a good time with this one. It didn't leave me with a lot to say because I I think a lot of my feelings about it are that like it cover, it, it it's, it's a great part two to the first one. Yeah, which was recorded just under... Uh, his solo project just called Halford. Yes. Um, so it doesn't have the fun family ties. His sister is not playing Jingle Bells on on his previous winter album Endeavor. No, but how are you going to argue with Get Into The Spirit? <laughs> I mean, you can't. Um, I'm also going to have to agree with you, though, going back, that uh, that Rob was robbed on his recording of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen because that is such a perfect song to turn into like this really cool heavy metal song it just so happens that you know Ronnie James Dio and Tony Iommi did like the perfect version of it beforehand so unfortunately like if that didn't if that didn't exist this would be my favorite recording of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen yeah so here's the question both albums are held in front of you and you gotta pick one you going with Winter Songs or Celestial <sighs> mm. um I'm gonna go with Celestial okay but my reasoning for that comes down to two things. Okay. One, Donner and Blitzen is an amazing song. Okay. Donner and Blitzen is like it's one of the original ones. It's a really cool song. Two, I think Winter Songs, which is the name of his previous um, like winter theme song, I think it's overproduced. Okay. I don't like his voice on a lot of it. It's not that it like his voice is bad, but there's so much obvious like overdubbing to his voice on on winter songs. Yeah, like it's so obvious that they doubled or tripled or whatever his voice on yeah, on way too many so. occasions to make it sound bigger. And I just it that takes me out of it. Okay, I realize that kind of is a, that's a thing that happens with him a lot. Just because I think that's just, like, the sound that works really well for him. I think maybe it's a personal preference for him. I don't know. I'm personally not a fan of it. So I'm going to have to say I, I do go back to at least some tracks off of Celestial more. Okay. Now, 
there is like a 10 year difference between these two albums um so even though I don't like the overproduction of his voice on Winter Song, I will say there's a few times on Celestial that his age is showing. Yeah, uh, and this you know, because okay, so this is a man who like you know, for anyone who 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 doesn't know, he's one of the originators of like the really high metal scream singing. And this is a man who did a lot of touring, a lot like his voice has been through a lot. So the fact that the man can still sing at all is, is kind of a miracle in and of itself. Dude's pushing 70. And and, and, was, and he's pushing 70. So there are a couple times, especially on, on Hark the Herald Angels Sing, I think it starts off really rough sounding. His mm-hmm. voice definitely like is showing the age and the wear and tear. When he starts singing the higher parts of the melodies, and like he sings it with a lot of grit in his voice. Yeah, It sounds strained. And there's just... It's not consistent in any song, but it shows up here and there a lot, and I'm just like it. It it just I don't know. I don't really know how it makes me feel. It doesn't. It's not good. It's not a good feeling. But yeah. ultimately, I'm gonna go back to Celestial, and then there is one song where I think his his I don't want to call him an old man. He's not 70 yet, and I feel like calling someone who was 68 or whatever when recording. I feel like that's too young to call him the old man. But um, the song protected by the light gives me that old man on his recliner with us with his squeeze box you know <laughs> yeah and he's like calling his kids around like come on grandkids gather around while grandpa sings some songs and tells you stories of the good old days like that's the feeling i get from that song and i think the age in his voice really shows and i think it's great for yeah that. it's it, it shows in a good way yeah i mean i'll mind you this is one of those things like there's a there's a handful of artists who i i get that like old man sitting on a rocking chair or whatever feeling from and quite frankly some of them are in their 40s when they start giving me that feeling like i'm not actually judging their age it's more of just like the the vibe it's the aesthetic the, yeah. it's the feeling of it um like a lot of like ballad singers even when they're in their 40s or 50s, I get that feeling of, like, you're a grandfather and you have grandkids sitting on the rug at your feet. You know, like, that's what this is to me. But, I mean, I mean honestly, I think this is this is a, a fantastic and just really fun album. If you're not, not going to, like, shy away from the fact that it, there's some pretty heavy stuff going on here, um, it's really fun. It's he- really heavy, fun. heavy in the traditional, like, you know, Classic yeah, heavy like metal we're not. Style. We're not. So like, we're not getting Cannibal Corpse on here, but Donner no, and Blitz I'm, and Thrashes a little bit. Um, I'm and, talking heavy. I'm talking heavy in the sense of like what most people who don't listen to heavy metal exactly, consider yeah. heavy. Um, yes, both albums are kind of like that. You know, get into the spirit on on Winter Songs kicks off that way, and and Donner and Blitzen uh, kicks off that way. And I'm saying two fantastic albums from him. Um, I lean it's, a little towards okay. more more towards Winter Song. You lean towards Celestial. So that just yeah. means uh, that everyone's going to have to listen to both and make their own decisions. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's like I'm saying that like it's heavier than anything you're hearing on the radio. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like some of know, it. I real, some of it. I re- some of it is surprisingly mellow for, for well, no, the yeah, Godfather like, of it, heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah, but like I mean, again, like even the the de- the deck the halls for as kind of funny as it is. Um, oh, it's, it starts off pretty. Uh, it's it's chugging. It's yeah. chugging along pretty hard. Yeah, but you don't have to worry about like him going crazy on like away in a manger. No, 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 no. It's safe. Don't worry. But I mean, I think it's a great album. I think it's a great album. Great album. Second, second great Christmas album. 
third great <clears throat> Christmas recording from Halford. Yeah. The man knows how to how to party. The man yeah. knows how to have a good Christmas time, man. Yeah, you gotta get into the spirit or he will beat you into it. It's true. 